Hi and welcome to another episode of Wine and Wisdom. I'm Thomas Lehuang and you're listening to the TL podcast where knowledge is shared and no one takes themselves too seriously. Hi guys, how you doing? Good, Good afternoon, morning, whatever we are. Boys. What day is it? Men. Men. Fellas. Men. Fellas. <laughs> how are we? That was a great fortnight. Last week we had to go to Wakefield Park where this man has an, had an experience. Mm, how was it, mate? Pop my cherry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no longer a, a radical virgin. Wow. Uh, it was very good. So, very did you fast. drive a car or did you just passenger it? Oh, no, we drove. You drove it? No, it was all day. Wonderful. Yeah, about 45 minutes of driving in, which doesn't sound like much, but when you're going around corners at 170 kilometres an hour, it's more than enough. Yeah, when you think that a Formula One driver, they they keep the race, I think, uh, to no more than two hours, I think. Mm. And most of their races are under one hour and a half. Yeah, right. So to do 45 minutes in a car, that's a long time for someone who's done it first time. Yeah, yeah. And it's 100% 45 minutes of concentration all the time. 100% 100% of the time because, you, you know, when you're travelling, like you said, 170 kilometres around a corner, your concentration lapses for a second. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Oh, my concentration lapsed a couple of times <laughs> when the sky started spinning <laughs> and the gravel started flying. <laughs> yeah, the mechanics were not happy around the end of the day. By the end of the day, all of them, like, you know, when they first started, everyone's cautious, everyone's... And then, I think you spun first, first time. No, first, no. first session, I was the only one that didn't spin, so I'm sitting there, but yeah. <laughs> the first lap of the second stint, round and round, I didn't... I spun. It was a big one. I was going quick. Most of them were coming off at the first corner, which was 80 kilometres. I was probably at about 140 by the time I started doing the merry-go-round, but uh, the mechanics were not happy. Wow. But, um, no damage to the car. So. so was it the same car? You all drove the same car? There was two cars. Okay. We split into um, groups and you had 15-minute lots. So first 15 minutes, everyone was uh, a little bit of poo in the in the undercarriage, but um, and then everyone by the end thought they were a professional race car driver, and the spins got bigger and longer. And yeah, I can imagine. Uh, but um, crazy. So I've driven the V8s before. Yeah, being in an open top and being sitting on the ground, it's basically you're in an oversized go kart. The forces and the speed, and they are not made for 130 kilo blokes. <laughs> so my poor instructor was sitting in my lap. <laughs> had to deal with it. It was, um, but no, nah, yeah, crazy. So it was day. you and an instructor in the car as you were driving yeah. all the way through, and okay. yeah, he didn't have a lot to say. His few name calling it. No, I mean, he was trying to to, to breathe. So, so <laughs> what do you want him to say? Poor bloke, mate. <laughs> there was nothing of him, and I was all over him. Nath, Nath, if you're listening, well done, son. But yeah, not made for big fellas, I. But made so much into it. So much goes into it. We we still saw. Oh, I'm probably okay now, but. Saw a lot of physical exertion, which yeah. you probably underestimate a little bit. Yeah. Um, small track, it takes a minute to get around the track. Oh, well. A few tight turns and um, and when you're throwing your weight around corners at that speed, you, you don't realise the work that your body's doing. But okay. um, no, it was awesome, something I'll never forget. Oh, and, good stuff. Uh, I hope to uh, – I love it though. I love speeds my go. I, I love it. Awesome. So what, what, but what did you learn though? What did you learn? I mean, what, uh, were there lessons that could be used in life? Were there not lessons, but driving lessons for sure? But were there anything that we could actually trans- be translated in civic duties? 
It was interesting watching because it was a group of us. How many people were driving, do you reckon, all up? 10, 12? 12. It was interesting watching everyone's approach early on, the people who had done it before versus the people who had never done it, um, the nerves, the, the anxiety of, of people. Some people surprised me in how anxious they were about it. Some people surprised in how anxious they weren't about it. It's a big... I mean, I was fine until I saw... Cause I was first to go, but the instructors had to warm the cars up first and I was feeling pretty confident about it and loving it until I saw how quick they were going down the straight and I went, oh, shit, this is real. Yeah, wow. Um, but I think the lesson is you've got to get in and give it a go. I think it's a lesson in life. Trusting, trusting the system is is a big thing. There we had to trust the car. You had to, to be able to go fast. You had to understand that the cars were made to go fast and they weren't going to kill you. Very, very hard. I mean, we did spin, but very, very... Hard to have a massive wreck in those things because they're made for going as fast as possible. Yeah, right. So having the, having the trust, there was a big lesson in trust there. The people who didn't trust it went slow. Sometimes the slower you went, the more you spun because the tyres got cold. Yeah, lesson in life, I'm still way too heavy. <laughs> 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 and need to do a few, too many, a few more sit-ups. But the biggest thing was watching people's reactions when something went wrong, how they reacted afterwards when the people spun... Did they just go back to going quick or did, did they, you know, they lose their confidence because something hadn't gone right? And yep. I think that's something that we all experience in everyday life. Sometimes we're too scared to fuck up so we don't give things a go. And then yep. when we do give things a go and then fuck up, how quickly do we recover or, or do we get back on the horse? So. Yep. And then some people try to give it a go, but it's too late. It's the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which means that, you know, in, in your career, even in your sales career, some people, like, try to give it their best shot, but about the end of their career, they missed out on all of those five, ten years when they should have taken the risk, you know? Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, sport, sport's always transferred over into life. The lessons you learn in sport are directly transferable into life, which is why, you know, one of our favourite books is Legacy by the All Blacks for that very reason. The racing was no different. You had to get in and give it a go, and... Uh, Understand, yeah, and you had to spin. Until you spun, you didn't know how fast you could go. Until you spun, you didn't know that you were going to be okay. Where are the limits of the car? Yeah, but you also didn't know whether you were going to come out of it breathing. We're right, yes. You know, okay. Everyone's worried about crashing the car and having yep. an accident and hurting themselves or hurting the car. Yeah. It wasn't until I pushed the limit, went round and round and round and worked out, oh, shit, I'm still okay. So then the limit could continue to be being pushed. But And it's the same in what we do. I mean, we, we talk about failing early and, or failing forward. We, we talk about with our new recruits, wanting them to fuck up as quickly as possible. Yeah. That's why. Because until you've missed a listing or until you've had a sale fall over or until you've had someone rescind a, a listing, you don't know what it feels like and then you don't yeah. understand that you're still going to live at the end of it. You yeah. don't understand that the most important question is what's the worst that can happen. Well, you won't know until the worst in air quotes happens. So make it happen in a hurry. So just jump in there. Why don't we get a bottle of wine going? Yeah, I think. Is this one wisdom or just wisdom now? We already know I'm going to lose because I've bought a white and the other boys have bought red. Let's get that out of the way first. I don't care. Instead of competing with you, I've just decided to go for what I enjoy and fuck the rest. What's that, whinging? No. I'll tell so you what, though, I've so been on a bit of a... So in terms of car racing, he's the one saying to us, telling us that he's going to crash before he even hop in the car. Well, no, my excuse was already made up that I was fat. So when when I thought I might lose, I'm like, yeah, but I weigh 30 kilos. It is true that <laughs> for Cam, it is true that for Cam, the first time getting into the car was tougher than driving. <laughs> it was an interesting social experiment. <laughs> so I've got a bit of a f fetish at the moment for... Uh, 
French whites um, ever since we brought that one in a few weeks ago, which I was ICAC still investigating how I lost. <laughs> Here we go again. I've oh, had a, I've no. had a, I've had a few French wines since then, <laughs> oh, and um, I'm, I'm yet to have a bad one. So I've gone French again. This one's from Burgundy, and this is a uh, it's called a Burgund Blanc, which is basically French for Chardonnay. 2015, it's rated in the top 3% of all wines in the world. Wow. Can pick up a bottle for 35 bucks from Dan's. I believe I've had this one before, but I believe I was five or six bottles deep when I tried it, so I can't remember for the <laughs> life of me. So you, picked, you did pick this one up from Dan's, did you? It is another Dan's special, yeah. I'm loving I don't go anywhere else in Dan's now other than the back wall where it's got all the different yeah. uh, countries and all the different regions. People, sometimes people are scared of the back wall because there's one section there where everything's over $400. That's yeah. not always the case, but there's um, there's a few different whites from this, this region all next to each other there, all around the same price, so I'd be working my way through them for sure. All right, let's uh, try. So this is the Marcini, the Grand Vinde Bongier. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you said right, that Louis right. Lata- <laughs> yeah, that was right for sure. <laughs> we'll post the photo. It, uh, does it smell good? No, oh, that's right, it is. Cheers, boys. Cheers. It's nice. Not bad. We were talking about temperature just before we yeah. hit record. Chris didn't understand that whites have to be had at a certain temperature. I knew they'd had to be chilled, but you you stated that you took it out of the fridge to let it warm up a little bit. You've said it was a little bit too cold. Yeah, well, you can definitely say Chardonnays, for example, are, are best... As Thomas was saying, there's a debate between 12 and 14 degrees, but somewhere around there, they're at their best. You right. know, sometimes you open a bottle of white and it tastes a bit acidic and it gives you that, yep. let it warm up for a bit or hold the glass in both your hands yep. and after it's warmed up, the, the butter and all the okay. um, smoothness starts to come out. So okay. that's a little trick I learned. That's why the wine fridge is always set to 14 degrees, mate. Uh-huh. Reds are a bit different, but every wine has its optimal temperature. Pinot Noirs, you can have cold. Yeah, Pinots, I always drink cold. Even even my reds in summer, I chill for a little bit because you don't want a bloody wine at 32, uh, 34 degrees, bloody room temperature in the middle of summer. So, No, it makes it – that's what I don't – I mean, obviously, I don't mind red wine, but the reason I enjoy white so much more is I find it much more refreshing. In um, summer, yeah, absolutely. And easier to drink that. in large quantities. Too. <laughs> <laughs> you can, <laughs> you can – Pump a couple of bottles of white India without too many troubles, but red sometimes it gets a bit long in the tooth. Yeah. It's quite nice. What do you think, it's mate? To give. It's starting to give. I've aired it out for a bit. Yeah. I think we might have opened it a little bit too early, but that's all right. In years, we'll you wait. reckon? We'll wait. We'll wait. It's a nice one. It's going to be hard to do. It's not going to be hard to it's beat. It's going to be hard to, very hard to beat, mate. <laughs> we we, may, shit, we mate. may be the Lulling one. Lulling you into false No, he's not. No, I'm off it, mate. I'm off it. I'm not. You've broken the trust. It can never return. <laughs> anyway, how was real estate this uh, last two weeks, boys? Busy. I done busy in our neck of the woods. Low stock levels are making prices ridiculous and buyers frantic. I was talking to someone earlier, Carryong's going through some sort of mini boom where you know, three weeks ago you could get a, oh, a three-bedroom, one-bathroom house for under 650000 and now you're paying over seven just three weeks later. Wow. Consistently. It's, um, is it because of, what's your next suburb? Is it Barrel? Not Barrel. No, I'm not Barrel, talking Barrel, no. But is it because their prices have gone up? It's the affordability not, not there? So it's not quite the or? same hunger. No. It's actually got me, we usually follow, in Carryong we follow... 
Sydney by usually three to six months. So I don't know what's going on in Bankstown, but Barrera seems a little bit slower. So I wonder if that's going to how long that till that transpires yeah. up our way. I mean, having said that, our last sale in Barrera took two days, and we had thirty groups to the open home. But there's been a lot of a fair bit of stock sitting for quite a while in Barrera. Yeah, um, we're seeing the stock sit on the market a little bit longer. Uh, I'm seeing a few more properties pass in at auction. Things are still getting sold though, uh, and we're finding that just it's just taking a little bit more work, working, dealing with more buyers, making sure you're doing like what you know what you should be doing, following up all the buyers two or three times, yeah. make sure you're servicing your customers. That's yeah. normal. Bit challenging on stock at the moment, but um, we need to overcome that. We we um, we always run on lean stock levels, but they're they're especially lean at the moment. But it's only because we're selling them. I mean. It's taken a while, I think, for the vendors to start trusting the market again since the initial lockdown. But, I mean, my door is full at the moment with appointments. There's people ringing up now, um, left, right and centre, who are at least thinking about doing something. So that's good. The speech has been going. I, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, though, and that's the God's honest truth. I mean, I said to someone yesterday, normally I could sit here and tell you within good... Within a good guess, yep. what the next three months is going to yep. hold, give or take. I said, I couldn't tell you what's going to happen tomorrow. No chance. Today, your house is worth 720. Tomorrow, it could be 750 or 600. I've got no exactly idea. Exactly right, mate. And, uh, and I think that from an agent's point of view, people are um, appreciating the, the honesty because there are a lot of people running around with that magical crystal ball. The market's going to crash or the, the market's not going to crash. I think both are stupid things to say at the moment. I'm saying I'm not seeing any indications of a crash. However, I didn't see any indications of a crash the first week of March and the second week of March, everyone lost their job. Absolutely. So, given what's what's still transpiring in the world, and that's 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 a big thing too. The the amount of businesses that have come out recently, like global businesses that have come out recent recently, reporting major losses, major major losses, and uh, closing yep. stores left, right, and centre, not just Australia, worldwide, and some really big players out there losing money hand over fist. Starting to see the one shift I have seen is that when the when the first lockdown happened, buyers went away for five weeks, but since Easter they came back. Yeah. And, the, and the, I put that down to the fact that most of the people affected by what was going on were sort of under 25 and not in a position to buy houses anyway. We're still having the same problems recruiting. We've still got very low applicants, but I've had three interviews in the last three days and everyone's been over 45. Well, there you go. And career people. So it's, I'm have starting they, to see a change in the demographic of people who have been heavily affected. I've had a guy who's made redundant in the mines. Okay, this is my um, I've yeah. had a guy who's had his own business for 20 years. Um, I've had a guy who's been in the same industry with the same company for 10 years and is their top performer, but they've treated everyone like shit through the COVID thing. And he's finally, after five years of yeah. poking and prodding, looks like he's ready to, to make the jump onto something better. So I'm seeing a different demographic of yeah. people looking for work. And yeah, that's good. That's music to my ears because I've been longing for, for people who have got a bit of life experience behind them and a yeah. bit of more maturity behind them. Um, the millennials, sorry millennials, but you're, you're a bit tough at the moment with the entitlement and the expecting everything on a, on a silver platter and um, to actually sit down and talk to some people who know about the world. Um, it's refreshing. As, as, oh, it's been quite refreshing, so I'm excited. We had that. We had a similar phone call just yesterday with someone who had uh, older, in like, like mid thirties, again looking for a career change, but been in sales and so forth, and she wants to change things up a bit as well. Um, and basically, because of what's happening, things have slowed down for her. And uh, we did deal with her you know, previously on a sale that we did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're coming out of the woodwork, and that. So it's a 
people are seeing the advantage of at the moment being able to maybe this is the time to take that leap, they take that step and do something different in life, have that career changing sort of time. Well, the interesting thing is, two of the three people that I'm talking about have got their certificates of registration. They've already got them. Already got them and been done. One did real estate 20 years ago. One's done real estate part time on and off over the last 10 years. So, uh, with the other gentleman I was talking about, who's been umming and ahhing for five years. So it seems like the pain is finally getting enough for people to take the jump, even though they've been holding off because life's been good in air quotes. Something they've always wanted to do but haven't done it in the past. And I think we're going to talk a bit more about that as we we go along. But why people don't take opportunities that are presented to them when they're presented and sometimes it takes the pain being enough for them to actually... Just going back to what you were saying earlier, three months ago, Matt Komen, the chief executive for the CBA, uh, he actually predicted that house prices were going to drop by 30% mm. in the worst case scenario. And he's just revised it to about 10% now. That just tells you, mate, he knows jack shit, knows just like us, <laughs> right? We're just sitting here, everyone's making projection. The, there is only one certainty, is that you're alive and that somehow this is going to end and is this going to end with you being successful or is this going to be the end of you by the end of the pandemic? Are you sitting in a tunnel in uh, an underground kind of uh, cave waiting for things to be finished? Because all of these guys that are running huge organizations, so imagine Matt Coleman, right? He is this chief executive officer for the CBA. But this guy's got so much information around him. And still, as we said, 50% is real. 50% would be that he's wrong. This time he was wrong. Now he's revised it to 10%. I'm sure he's going to revise it again. Well, he's still wrong because, it, as I said, in every area I've seen, the posters are at least holding. And as I said, up in, our, in the Central Coast areas, they've jumped 10% in three weeks. So it's going to have to be a big fall from grace to end up negative 10 whenever he's saying we're going to be negative 10 by. So, yeah, I mean, that's but that's the line. We've been telling sellers and buyers and everyone for that how long. Don't believe what you read. Yeah. Open your eyes. Yeah. We've, okay. we've, we've, Thomas, you used to teach it, was um, the people on the front line are the real estate agents. Yeah. The people who see it first are the agents. So it takes the news, I don't know, what would you say, three, four weeks to filter the what's actually happening? And the, the other, I mean, the interesting part about it is, and maybe not that interesting, but the bank vales are all stacking up. Yeah. So the bank's predicting a downturn in the market, but the people coming out to value houses on behalf of the banks, like I've seen some prices recently where I go, shit, I, I wouldn't spend that. Yeah. Right? They're valuing them up half time, they're not even coming out, just doing curbside, so they're back to lending money. It's all right for them to predict a 10% drop on one hand, but they're back to lending money. If, if that's how they really feel, they shouldn't be giving people these loans it, it, uh, on these houses. Are, they, are, they, um, are these people borrowing people with uh, decent deposits? Because generally the banks will run on you know the level of risk that they... A lot of 5% deposits getting okay, around, that's mate, what and they're all first-home boys. Okay, that's where I'm coming from. Okay, cool. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. I just had a, I just had a first-home buyer spend $915,000 on a house. That's yeah, well, in okay. Carrier. Well, mum and dad must love him. No, they've got good jobs, but if the bank, the same banks that are predicting <laughs> a crash in the market, are the same banks that are giving these people fifteen grand for a first home buyer. Yeah, his money. So he's got his obviously great. Depo- he'd have a great deposit savings, jobs, and so forth. He, ha- he gets he none had of the almost, He had almost ten percent saved. 
plus stamp duty or he has to borrow? He didn't qualify for, qualify for any of the stamp duty. So he's got to pay for his stamp duty. That's yeah. what I'm getting at. Yeah. So he would have had to have his so stamp duty. So probably into this house for 960 grand. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I don't. that's the, the oxymoron about what's going on. Yeah. You know, we're getting – I mean, Carong for a lot of years was – especially when the, the banks have now been found to lend money to people who weren't supposed to be getting money, weren't even coming out. It had a green tick next to its name that if it's – carry on, the price must be valid because that's just the way prices were going. And then when the Royal Commission happened, we saw one or two valuers every now and again, and now it's back to you don't see them, it's all curbside and loans approved. So, okay. yeah, the the difference between what they're saying in the headlines and what they're actually doing in real life is um, interesting. Yeah, well, we're still getting a lot of ours of valuations are going through and getting booked and so forth. Uh, so very seldom do we see the curbside or desktop, whichever you want to call it, valuations they usually are when you've got a, a 20% deposit the bank's security there so they, they they're cool with that um, so majority of the time though if there is a five or ten percent loan um, yeah we're getting valuations done maybe it's more so with the banks see it there's a higher risk in Sydney than the central coast or, or but let's, let's imagine that the, the bank's right okay that's gonna go down by 10% that young dude that just bought for 900,000 when that property is gonna go down to 820 well as long as he's repaying the bank's gonna leave him alone and then if he waits for things to go back up again, there's no problem. This is a thing that people think of houses like it's shares. It's, it's like as soon as it goes down, I have to dump. No, mm. you're still living in the house. Yeah. And whether that house is worth two mil or it's worth one mil, really, do you care? You can wait and, and live life. This is the bit. People are going to have to really stop. I think that insecurity has been showing in a lot of people with the first wave. When it was COVID, I mean, I know that even in this group, like someone called me on a freaking Sunday and freaking panicking all up and down. Are they going to kill all of us? And Not any Sunday, the Sunday. The, there was the Sunday, <laughs> the bloody Sunday. It was the Sunday. It was a bloody one. When those idiots came out and said, you're all shut down in 48 hours and didn't tell us anything else, I may have panicked. It was you. Oh, I forgot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a few phone calls and one of them <laughs> didn't help the heart rate and the other one laughed at me. So. Is there anything you're yeah. outraged with at the moment? I just want to get see if there's anything you need to get off your chest. Usually you're, you're outraged about something, Cam. So nah, I don't, I don't care anymore. <laughs> I just, I mean, I'm along for the ride, mate. The outrage. I heard the uh, New South Wales Labor government on the radio this morning telling everyone, well, pushing to make masks mandatory. I don't really have a feeling either way on that. I know uh, our good mate, the Poo, Vladimir, he's developed a vaccine. That he's already... And so Comrade Palaszczuk up there in Queensland will be stoked with that. The, the Communist Party is uh, the ones <laughs> going to save the world. And he's bypassed, he's bypassed phases two and three and straight into releasing a phase four, which is released to the public. Mate, even, uh, you know... Everything we've we got to be careful because we do drink during this podcast. I can't remember everything we've said, but most of what we said has come true. And if people think we're kidding ourselves and being wankers, so be it. But yeah. even friggin' New Zealand, who did the most perfect lockdown in four, history, four miraculous cases which they have, can't have now come, well, which is now twelve, and they've well, put the whole go. country back into lockdown again. Oh well, I didn't know that. So well, those people who said that you were a dickhead, well, now maybe they yeah, should look at themselves. So it's it's almost laughable that everything we sprout off about, and they go, oh, you know, you're on a rant, and you're one of those conspiracy theories. It's all happened. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm actually chill about it because we we actually have no control. Um, as much as we've tried to have people have a little bit of common sense. It's not happening. Um, we said that if you lock people down one time for no reason, good luck locking them down a second time. That's exactly what's happened in Victoria. Yeah. 
it will happen here if they try and shut everyone down again, and no one's going to go quiet. The numbers in Victoria, I was looking at um, this morning, they're, they're quite quite frightening, the amount that has died in Victoria and the cases there. Again, no, so it's all in the old... Uh, there's been, I think there was a 30-year-old, but majority in the aged care, which yep. is a crime unto itself, you know. Yep. I don't know where the liability falls with that when a worker goes to work sick and, and kills a bunch of people. That's yeah. got to be manslaughter or... Because well, you know, you know you're not well. Yeah. So, no, mate, outrage, oh, outrage zero. That's good, mate. Outrage zero. Well, what's the point? Yeah. People, morons are still going to be morons. You're looking a little bit more chilled today. You're not as red as usual if you're more of a, a pink colour. So uh, blood, blood pressure tablets. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I didn't take them to the Hunter. So I'd, I'd <laughs> been to the Hunter for the weekend too. So Oh, did you? Yeah, that might, might be something to do with my mood. Oh, good, mate. That's good. bit disappointed in the wines, though. I've oh, got really? to say, this time around, there was nothing that... I, I look at my wallet when I'm deciding how good the trip was, and last time we spent a few thousand dollars in wines, and this time I think we bought one bottle, which was a G3 from Tully. Yeah. Or a G4. Listen, there's a lot of wine. You just have to have a look. You, you know, it takes you... You can't just do that in one day. Yeah. Didn't we see, though, and maybe a little bit off topic, but it was interesting in a condensed environment like it is up there with so many different businesses yeah. running, the different approach that people have taken to the customer service around COVID and the yeah. we, we had some um, some amazing hospitality and people that we'd offer jobs to in a heartbeat and then yeah. we had some absolute rubbish. Yeah. And you think about why and you go, well, obviously the, the leader of this business is not instilling fear in people and, and they're not instilling fear then in the, the customers and then you go to some places where they're that shit scared that if you don't sign in on this dot and wipe your hands right here and stand, mate, there was some... some uh, Nazi-like uh, approaches by a couple of them, and you think, what are their bosses telling them? You know, and it, I have to say that the uh, the discovery of the day was uh, young Spencer from Canada. Yeah, he works oh. for Talak Wine. What a gem! If Talak doesn't understand, you have to hold on to comedians like this. Oh, and they, shout they, out to Zara from Margan. Hey, eh? Zara from and Margan. Zara from Margan yeah. was fantastic, but she was not in the in the wine tasting. No. She was more in the restaurant. Yeah. Those two were really highlights mm. of the day, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, amazing. But yeah, it was interesting to see the difference in mentalities. People obviously that's... And, and it's all about the leader. You know, I just finished the recruit training with some of these guys here. And you can tell. Same story. It's a boring story. It's the same one every single time. They come in day one, scared, fearful. They don't know what to do. Their personality is subdued. They try to really fit... The, the values of the room. And by day three, they fluent. They do listing presentations like they seasoned warriors. They become themselves. And, and that's what it is. You have to really foster not fear in people, not insecurity in people, but you have to foster an environment where people see opportunity to shine. Yeah, and right. that's what that Zara, that's what that Spencer, you know, have, have done. They have fostered that ability to just do great. Like for the moment. Yes, okay, we're talking about maybe more restriction, more crap, like more mask and everything. And by the way, they only talk it. When you have a look at Gladys, what she's been trying to do over the last two weeks, oh, we're going to put harder restriction. We're going to do this. and we're gonna. What she's doing is testing the water. And then she gets feedback when there's too many people who like rejecting it, especially people probably on, on the radio. They make a decision from that, right? And this is the bit that happens with the thing that's coming up here now. 
Are people going to be insecure or are people going to see opportunities? But I'm talking probably about even employees, salespeople, you know, people in our organization. Some will be looking at opportunities. Some will be looking for fear, insecurity. That's people. It's instilled in us. I mean, we generally people will go to the side of fear. But like you said, depending on the values within the environment that you're Is sort it of, general though? That's a big statement. I think so. I, I, it's in it's in our makeup. Generally, it's in our makeup for people to go on the fear side of things. Well, there's two. There's fight or flight. So there's two sides to that coin. I know just as many people who will take every risk under the sun as I do people who won't take any. Okay. So do you think generally? I think it, I mean it depends on everyone's makeup and the hidden players and all that stuff we talk about. Yep. There's a list of mile long. Why you go? Why won't you just? I've had conversations with someone over many years about doing their own thing and. You just go, why won't you do it? But I've known just as many people who go, I've got no experience in this, but someone's offered the opportunity, so let's fucking do it. And what's the worst that can happen? Yep. So, I don't know if it is general. Okay. If we throw that around and go, oh, most people are fearful, it makes it okay to be fearful, I think. Which I'm, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but... Let, uh, let, let's analyse the guy that is feeling insecure. Let's have a look at an, an employee who right now is going through insecurity. What, what is it that would make them insecure, first of all? So you, you're talking about their nature. Some people are built to feel insecure. Some right. people are built to feel anxious. Yep. That's normal. That, that's that's part of it. So if your makeup is that you're an anxious person, well, it's got probably it's probably going to color most of your life. Right. Let's go beyond that. What about the work environment? What is the work environment doing to get people to feel that way? Good question. I'd say the first thing it'd be the sort of the leader's response to what's happening at the moment. Yeah. So the leader's uh, attitude, I heard it somewhere, the leader's attitude depicts the business's altitude. I think it was a Zig Ziglar quote. Um, so if they're showing a little bit of, of frustrated or fear or whatever, that's going to bleed down in through to the team. Um, I think that would be number one. Yeah, well, fear is contagious. So maybe not even necessarily the leader. The, well, it is a leader because the leader is responsible for the energy yeah. in the office or yeah. the, the feel in the office. But it's no different to... A herd of deer smelling a hunter. Only one deer smells them, and they all run. So Ooh, it's it's, this, yeah. it's the same sort of scenario. I think that your line is: it is your attitude, that depicts not your aptitude, that determines your, your altitude. altitude. There you go. How nice is that one? That beautiful line. If you're going to quote stuff, mate, can you at least? Listen. Or you got to preface Just it. Keep with your what about you quoting the deers? Which deer <laughs> did you hear from, mate? Oh dear. <laughs> I've watched enough uh, David Attenborough. Or no, I, or no idea. <laughs> Still no idea. <laughs> Still no fucking idea. Still no idea. How good is this wine? I think that this wine's going to be the winner. It is a bloody good wine. I think it's going to be a winner. I'm not going to say no, it until no. I have the Annie's Lane though because that, that Annie's Lane is a good drop. I know it. Don't just say it because sure. if no, you lose it, we have to shout about a man. good bottle. No, so on the serious note, it doesn't that quite last as long as the other white that we yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still quite structured. It's a nice Smooth. white. Very nice white. I have to say, I went, I went to Muse Restaurant on um, Saturday night and Troy... He has a beautiful sommelier date, and I think uh, she's about the same level almost as master sommelier. She's studying. I talked to her about your bottle, which is the Chantalouette from Hermitage, yeah? And as soon as I said it, she said, wow, that is a bucket list wine. And I... <laughs> He's going red! No, but I, and the way that she said, actually, you know, the, 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 you guys might have opened it too early. It, it should have stayed another 10, 20 years. Oh. So now it's your fault why you're not. <laughs> <laughs> 
going to say he told me that story on the weekend, but he didn't add that in there. He just said bucket list wine but still couldn't beat you two plebs. So funny that. Anyway, we're not going back there, mate. It's, it's all right. You two compete. I'll just be a happy bystander no, and no, I'll no, enjoy no, my no, wine. No. You had to follow the law of the jungle, mate. And we, we all decide. So we'll see how you go today. My laws run at me. So what, what, what is making someone feel insecure? I, I think that it's really, we spoke about it at the beginning of COVID. It's really how the leader speaks to people. In the office environment, yeah. It, it's always, apart from your personal makeup, it then depends on all the people around you. And that doesn't have to be the leader at work. That can be the other person at home with you. If you've got the some... Boss. Well, it depends who's the boss. But it doesn't even depend who's the boss. If you've got someone who's more prone to anxiety as a partner and mm-hmm. you come home with this big yeah, bold plans yep. and this big idea, more quite often you'll get shot down or, or the doubts will be put in your head because of their fears, not necessarily yours. Mm. He's so telling th- us quite a few things about his marriage. No, not at all. <laughs> mate, <laughs> look. You don't have to blush. No, I'm She's not even here. blushing, mate. No, look, isn't he blushing? Come <laughs> on, the, the tell chances, him. The chances <laughs> we've taken. Red? The chances we've taken as a family. The thing about my wife is. No, I was not talking about your wife. No, but even we can go there because I'm, I'm a guy who's jumped off more cliffs and just flapped my wings like hell than yeah. a lot of people I know. I, yeah. I, where, where I probably should be risk adverse, I'm just not because I figure what's the worst that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I've been poor. Um, I've had trouble paying the bills. If the worst that happens is I get back there, so be it. My wife is a highly anxious person and every time I go home with a huge idea, there's the voice of reason on the other side. But you know what? We still take the jump. It's okay to have a voice of reason and it's okay to look at what could possibly go wrong as long as you don't let that stop you. Yeah. And and to my wife's credit, we've never let it stop us. Ever. Yeah. So there's people who have worked the last 25 years as a sales manager and have gathered a lot and have got a nice fortune behind them, right? When I sat down, actually you sat down with me with them, with that person, I could tell that thinking even the idea of opening something by himself I could see the fear on his face. And so he, he insecurity for me too stemmed from the fact that you're telling yourself horror stories that you believe in. So this, this is the amazing thing. When you should really be uh, treating yourself as your own best friend, what would you do to your best friend? Would you put your best friend down? Would you tell your best friend crap? Would you really make your best friend feel inferior every single time? And would you really entertain your best friend and allow them to just be... An, an idiot because you don't want to stop the laugh, therefore you don't want to address the imperfection. If your best friend really is yourself, why would people entertain the ideas of insecurity? Why would that guy sit there and say to himself, oh, well, you know, I, I've got a good position. They are refurbishing the place and I still like to do my bike and I've, I've got my children who have got my time. So I don't want to lose all of that. I've got hundreds of thousand dollars in, in the bank, but I don't even want to lose a dollar. These are the kind of guys that have got $100 today and are looking forward to the fact that they got 101 next week. Yeah. They won't take a chance. They, they will not go out there. And do you know what? One of these days they're going to sit there and they're going to be looking back at themselves and saying, I don't think I've been my own best friend. All I've done in life is put myself down. I, I won't name him, but he was a nice person. He was a nice dude. I really liked him. And I could see some of the traits that he, I, had, I used to have. This guy drove down to meet Cam and I with his wife in the car. His wife says, you got to do it. And he's still there doing the same shit he's doing, trying to get 
an extra dollar. Yeah. And to me, that is living a life full filled with, with insecurity. Lack. You know? Is it do you think then obviously the guy we're talking about, he had to work bloody hard to get what he had. Yeah. So do you think back in the very beginning the, the makeup is the same or it can be dependent on what's in your wallet for want of a better term. So I, I, you, if I take me for an example, I didn't have a lot. So for me, the risk of trying something new... Was not a lot. Was not a lot. Yeah. Now... So I think it's... But that I, doesn't change. I think it's a very big point of it. A it, very, very big part it of it. It didn't change when we... No, no, there's, there's also something, man, you haven't got a lot still. No. But imagine yourself now with a few million dollars in the bank account mm. and you've got your children set up with private schooling and everything that they need. Your behaviour may be different. That's what I'm saying. Do you yeah. think it's always just the inbuilt or can, regardless of how risk adverse you might be... I, I, I think it's you. It's nail on the head sort so of... So do I sort. sit there and go... Because when you start, you go, what's the worst that can happen? Well, not much. But if I've got a few million dollars in the bank yeah. and my kids are in private schools and I've got... What you know, all that stuff. Then all of a sudden, the what's the worst that can happen? Answer, a answers more. answers a lot different. Yeah, yeah. But I, I look at. I mean, I look at more people now. That one of the guys I'm talking to at the moment, he he's got title and he's got everything that comes along with title, but still lives in a three bedroom, one bathroom house and has no prospects of increasing that anywhere. And and his insecurities are still stopping him. So yeah. The worst case, and I said to him, the only question you got to ask yourself, mate, is what's the worst that can happen? And for him, like it was for me, it's actually very little, but won't make the jump. So that's more of a makeup. Yeah, but thing. Uh, maybe now you're going going back to his makeup, like the vanity, the title. The, the, he's comfortable with this, you know. And, and some people they're comfortable with, with what they have in terms of title. They're not understanding. Hold on, am I going to do this until I'm sixty-five? Yeah, but not um, comfortable. But he's not comfortable because he complains about it all the time. He's been complaining since I got into real estate. This is a bloke who told me when I started real estate that I'd be broke in three months and I'd lose everything I had. You were. And uh, you're, you're I was broke to when give I started. <laughs> right. So he's been watching me the whole time. He's not comfortable because his mouth keeps opening about how uncomfortable he is. But he's got a badge that says manager and he's got a constant wage. That's It's fake comfort. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, because I'm, I'm wired differently. I try and get Look, one plus think, one to equal two. I think there's a few things that you've got to take into consideration. Number one is, yeah, the, what's behind the scenes? Is it just that person is it, or is there others involved? Um, and speaking frankly, and Thomas asked me, he said to me, he goes, would you make the decisions you're making today if the family was involved? If you are by yourself, would I make the same decisions that I'm making today? No, I wouldn't. I would take a lot more risk if it was just me. That's if right. it was just me and it was only me that would be affected, my decisions would be totally different. But it's not just me. We have to see how it is. And and I had actually never looked at it that way previously until you asked me a question and a very straightforward one. Um, so it is. There's there goes a lot behind the scenes to what people are going in their mind. What have what have they put in to get to where they are? So the gentleman that you're talking about is obviously he doesn't have a lot, but he still complains and bitches and moans. For him, it's obviously an, an intrinsic fear of change, maybe. Yeah, no, it's all that. And then you've got the other gentleman who's that you were speaking to who has everything, but has kids and private schools and money in the bank and homes yeah. and investment properties. His decision-making will be based on all those factors and not just the change of scenery. Yeah, but, but I, I, I still remember him, though. Um, he's a beautiful guy, and what he's gone through is his parent had migrated here when he was younger, and they went through a period of nothing. And that has been imprinted on him. 
And what I'm trying to say is, do you live a life where your past has imprinted on you and put handcuffs on you? Or do you live a life where you realize that your past is a past that is the wake, like Wayne Dyer says in his books, your past is nothing else but the wake that is going away at the back of your boat. So what do you do? Do you look at the wake air behind your boat or do you look at forward where you're going? You can't look at both. You know, there was, go on. He has to stop at some stage and say, no, I am not my past. Yeah. I, I was my past. I ha- am filled with my past, but I am also my future. Looking into the future, though, and moving towards the future, you've got to carry those uh, responsibilities into the future. Yeah. So making a decision with those, carrying those responsibilities. But what about instead of, and I'll probably contradict myself, what about instead of asking what's the worst that could happen, you ask what's the best that oh, could happen? Oh, absolutely, can Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is, which is probably so wrong because, it, yes, yes, I may have to go back to selling cars if real estate doesn't work out. But what if fucking real estate works out? Yeah. yeah? You do the figures, you do the sums, you do the, the everything. What if it works? You know, the, the, our mate that we, we sat down with Tia, what if that worked for him? I have no doubt in my mind that the guy would make 10 times what he's so done. In his but head, his, the worst. But his head is his head. Yeah. The, your most expensive piece of real estate is between your ears. It doesn't matter what I say. You know, you're the one who needs to weed away all that crap between your ears. So how can I do that? You can't really do that unless you become filthy rich and then show him. Like some of these people, there's two things. They need to see it for real. Some of these people need to feel the pain of what they have. Mm. The day that he's going to go to the bathroom and had enough because there's another three be- three people like queuing for the bathroom, maybe he'll have enough. Maybe he'll go, do you know what? I don't have to live through my fears. I don't have to let my fears be my master. Mm. Then they will do something. You know, this... Even the past few weeks, there's things that's happening in my life that are really challenging. Where in the past, I probably would have said, man, this is really hard and I'm nervous and, and I'm losing it. But I'm at peace with what's happening because instead of seeing it as a problem or an issue, I'm seeing it as an opportunity, yeah. and a step to doing something else. It's imposed upon you. What do you do? And I say this to people all the time. Change does not happen when you read books. Change does not happen when you read books and take action in good times. Change happens when you read books and you apply it in stormy moments of your life. Yeah. That's when real change happens. Yeah. It feels like there's a lot of change in general happening at the moment. I think it's been forced upon a lot of people. I think there's which a big is, change in yeah. real estate coming, I think, or already happening. Yeah. I think, um, and, and obviously, as I, as I alluded to before, with the, the type of interviews I'm having at the moment, there is a change out there in the world. I mean, we're talking about real deep-rooted stuff, but a lot of it can come back to just people's comfort zone and the old life begins at the edge of your comfort yeah. zone and you don't you don't extend your comfort zone until you step outside it. I don't know who did the It's survey. jumping in the car and doing 200 k's around that corner and soon if you live out yeah. the other side, You mate. stick to the road. Yeah. Someone did a survey. I don't know who it was. They, they interviewed like I don't know, it was two hundred dying people. Yeah, and one of the first uh, first things that they the regrets was not taking enough risk. Oh, absolutely. Um, it was a um, not one of them said they wanted to spend more time in the office. No, but one of the first ones was not taking more risk in their life. It's, a, it's an interesting thing because I guarantee you if you did a survey of everybody and asked who wants to work, wants to work wants to have to work till they're seventy five, no one would say yes. Yeah. But I do. No, I want to work. You'll I always wa- work. No. I want to work until I drop. 
Right, but because no, you missed the because word. I've learned a long time ago if you if if your job is you, you doing what you word. love, then you never have to work for the you rest miss, of your life. You miss the key word. Want okay. to have to work until oh, yeah. you're seventy five. I didn't hear that word. Did I you? said, yeah, who I wants agree. to have to work until they're seventy five? None of us. Right? Who would work till they're seventy five? I'd work till I'm seventy five. I'd I work. Uh, you're you're always going to be doing something, but will it always be the same thing? I hope not. I hope I'm not selling houses till I'm seventy five. Yeah. So opportunity comes, you look at opportunity. These guys we're talking about, they don't want to be working until they're 75 or have to work till they're 75, but still won't. It's not enough for them to take that jump. It's an interesting... So what, what is that line? You have to take the risk and you have to, what is it, step off first base in order to steal second base? I never heard that one. Okay. So And, and you're going to have to go out there and do this kind of stuff, take that risk. And but if then, not now, but then when? The whole, it tells us the, the next step, the, the, the next step to insecurity is who you hang around. Mm. You hang around people who are going to talk to you about just fear all day long, who are going to say to you, have you sat down and thought about what would happen to your children all day long? Absolutely. You can't leave first base. No. Business is not easy. You don't know what it takes. It costs so much. No, and that's the, the time we put in. I, I, I actually, I missed a point. We're closing in on one year here, brother. I got a reminder the other day. We've nearly done 12 months of this. Of, of what? This of podcast. drinking? No, this, <laughs> this podcast. Oh, yeah? Yeah, oh, I, just, well. I just got a reminder to renew that web address I bought, and I reckon we started a week later, so I reckon next week will be our <laughs> one-year uh, anniversary. But we said in the very first one, if nothing else through this, we can try and provide some association for people who might not have it at Listen, home. Listen, I have because said it. Because it's top of, our, top of yours and, and top of mine, and that's what I was talking. It's not always about who's in the office. We no. spend more time sometimes with the people at home. So who and the interesting thing about the example you used is that guy's wife was telling him to do it. She thinks I should do it. She thinks I'm mad if I don't do it. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Still not doing it. Braver man than me. <laughs> no, no, no. But that that's an amazing thing. That is a self-effacing wife. She wants to support her husband, but she let him decide. The problem is that he is being run by all the software. The software of seeing his parents struggle, and that software that software is ruling his life. And his wife's belief isn't overcoming it. Like it's, it's interesting. Hey, come on, like man. It, if, if, if my wife had sat there and said, no, don't, no, you can't, no, you won't, there would have been some toing and froing. But I, I, I guess when you take into account the kids and the pressure that puts on you as a, as a man and as a provider and, as a, and, a, and everything else, I, I probably wouldn't be where, I probably wouldn't be sitting here if that had been the conversation. To have her back me, whether, whether behind closed doors she was. She backed me or not, because I know she's an anxious person. So she's probably had a few moments where she's gone, oh, fuck. But she backed it. So to have someone backing you like that and then still not amazing, back yourself, mate. but it's then amazing. not back yourself. It's, that's, yeah, I know. If your wife, if the person you've married, the, the love of your life, the mother of your children has backed you and pushed you and backed you and pushed you and given you all the, opened all the doors for you and, you, and, you, yeah, and your software still can't. Yeah, but knowing you, I like I've known I've known you for a while now. We we're really good mates, and I think that through these kind of podcasts, we we become even better mates, and we've grown to a next level. Uh, which I see. I mean, you become who you hang around. So hanging around you, I have not grown so much, but you have grown <laughs> tremendously. <laughs> However, that is a that is in bracket kind of shit. You've learned. Hey, <laughs> you've learned some new words. <laughs> the the yeah. one thing I have to say that knowing you now, your wife is a saint. <laughs> if, if, if there's any, if there's anything, the poor woman, she was born on a cross, and I, and I think she's gonna go to modern heaven age, with that cross. Modern age Joan of Arc. 
<laughs> Mate, you've learned some new words. That's all I'm going to educate you. I have you. to also tell you that those new words actually uh, open doors to shit you don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> they say that you know the more vocabulary you have, the, 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 the more intelligent, and the, and actually the, it increases your credit creativity. Cam's words, I have to say, have been closing a lot of of my creativity. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's hilarious. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, mate. No, nah, but uh, we're talking about the association, how hard it can be if you don't have the support at home. If you do have the support at home, then the only barrier is yourself. Yeah. Before we go any further, uh, where's the second wine? There. Okay. I, I think it's going to be yours or, is, or, or mine. You want to do mine or you do yours? Uh, let's take a gamble. Uh, we, we'll do mine. All right. Good gamble. So... <laughs> Annie's Lane, Kelea Valley, which is about a few hundred k's, maybe about 150 to 200 k's north of Adelaide, and that's Clare Valley itself, has got here a Copper Trail uh, Shiraz. I think we need to try it. It's 2012. Copper Trail is probably one of the top wines of Annie's Lane. So whatever we're going to taste in here is going to be uh, the best of Annie's Lane. All right? What was now, the budget for today, just quietly? Uh, the budget for the day actually was about 50. Yeah. yeah. So mine was less than 50. As a matter of fact, I received it from Dom, Alexander's partner. Uh, or, or <laughs> friend. And so I am sharing with my mate. And, and hopefully she's not going to be too angry. And I'm sharing uh, with my mates the bottle that is being numbered well. AC210. Yeah, I'm seeing, right. I'm seeing numbered bottles and I'm seeing so 2012 and I'm thinking someone's blowing the budget. Some, some, no, someone's going to lose today and then therefore we'll have to shout uh, big Fuck week sake. next week. All right, so <laughs> let's have a look. That's right, man. And he's laying that. They, they do some good wine. Dan Murphy's often sell quite a few boxes and then bring it out occasionally. Yeah. So if you... If you're looking around, it's not far from the back wall. They have a an area that they have some cellared wines that they release. Don't go to the red wine can, section, mate. You can pick, grab some beautiful... You should go to the red wine because you're going to be losing for a while. <laughs> so you know what? If, 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 if you're going to keep making it my shout, I'm going to introduce you to Passion Pop. I'm going to introduce you to... Pleasant uh, Valley Sweet Dry. Yeah, a bit of Spumanti. Yeah. True story, my old man. I'll really educate you. <laughs> Love that boys. stuff. Let's try this. Cheers, man. guys. Every now and then, I, I'm thinking to myself, he's improved on his leadership, and then he starts whinging, and I'm going, no. <laughs> he's broken the first rules of leadership, which is responsibility. <laughs> no excuse, mate. Uh, there's another one that says, don't let people push you around. Say, so, oh, that's very nice. You call me people? <laughs> you call my mate uh, the funny people? <laughs> you people. It looks to me like we're going to have to just <laughs> reject these people. Ah, what do you think of that one? Wine and Wisdom is now Thomas and Chris. <laughs> <laughs> we are looking for a third person. You don't have well, to it's be funny, too... our first episode was our most popular and it's the only one you weren't on. So <laughs> Mo no, most no. popular by you. No, but seriously, we are looking for a third member and you don't have to be too bright, you just have to beat Cam. <laughs> IQ bigger than your shoe size. Uh, someone's got to be here to speak the truth, gentlemen, that's all. Hey, what do you think of that, Wayne? That's good. That's not bad. Uh, that's good. Some, got, some, uh, got some body talk. I think it's going to get better with a bit of time. How do they get out of insecurity then? I've mean, <laughs> already asked you that. If, you, <laughs> if you're insecure, <laughs> how the hell do you get out? We, we talk about association, right? Yes. You get out of that through association. How, how do you get out of insecurity? Taking the plunge when, yeah. just like you, the, the, the way that you program your head. I mean, I got in here with nothing. I'm, I, I might as well just do whatever it takes because if anything, I'll get out with nothing. Yeah, I look at it like... Or I might get out with a lot more. Yeah. 
I, I don't know where the dollar figure stops, but so far I've had a thousand dollars to my name and gone. Oh well, if I'm relying on a thousand dollars to save my life, I'm in the shit. So I might as well spend it. I've had ten thousand dollars to my name and gone. Oh well, if I'm relying on ten thousand dollars to save my life, I'm, I'm fucked. So I might as well spend it, and I spend it on opportunities. Yeah, I don't know where that point stops, but it's fucking expensive to live. Like you need at a base level, you need a hundred grand a year in your retirement to live. So if you're hanging on to twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars, like it's the end of the world if you don't have it. Yeah. You're kidding yourself. No, but if you have friends like us, we always have a shed for you. Oh, they'll help you spend <laughs> it. <laughs> no, but that's what I tell. Like that's it's one of the lines I've used on myself. You know, because I don't get me wrong, I fucking love having money if I have it. But I also go, I could spend five hundred dollars here and make fifteen hundred, and to me, that's that's mad. I'm not going to spend five hundred dollars to make five dollars. Yeah, yeah, and that's where I guess people have different levels of. Comfort and different levels of risk. It's, I mean, it's no different to playing a pokey. Some people have a twenty cent bet. Some people have a five cent bet. Right, uh, five dollar. Do, 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 do you have a Do you have a figure in your head that you would say that I've achieved something, or do you have a time that you'd say, "Well, it's I'm not about achieving something. It's about if an opportunity presents itself. The question is, what's the worst that can happen? What's the best that can happen? It's no different to when we're putting a deal together, mate. We're talking to vendors all the time. If so. You got a house on the market for seven hundred and sixty thousand to eight hundred and forty thousand. Someone offers eight hundred thousand, and they say, "Should I take it?" I go, "Well, there's one, th- two things. One, I'll never ever tell you to take an offer, but two, let's look at the pros and the cons. How much are we going to hang on for? Are we going to wait another three months on the market to try and get an extra five or ten thousand dollars? Is that risk worth it? Um, it's an eight hundred thousand dollar risk you're taking, or, or okay, that's probably not right. Maybe it's a fifty thousand dollar risk you're taking because you're risking the next offer being seven hundred and fifty thousand. So it's the same conversation, but unfortunately, I don't think when people are in that mindset, they do look at it logically, or well, they look at it with their logic, which is governed by their past and their hidden demons and all that stuff that goes along with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure uh, my wife. Or my mother, who I've had to borrow money from occasionally, hates my logic because it always ends in, yeah, spend the money. But so my logic's probably not always sound either. But I do know that every risk I've ever taken, I'm still sitting here living and breathing to talk about it. Yeah, but I, mate, I have to say, look in the way you live, mate. You, you're a big spender. Yeah. You're a big spender. I went to his place. I mean, uh, he was kind <laughs> enough to invite me. At, and <laughs> Yours in the mail, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I've never seen anyone. But you should have no seen. Comment. You should have seen his vintage bathroom. <laughs> it was chock nah. a block. Like I've been to the Hunter Valley with him. I have spent six hundred dollars for the day. He spent five grand for the day. Fifty-four bottles we came back with last time. Hey, what do you think of this Shiraz? Huh? Beautiful. I love the wine because it doesn't have just that chocolate that that most uh, wine the around there has got. Yeah, it's just Shiraz, mate. It's a bit softer, that, isn't it? They they call it dark berry fruit. Mm. It's got that, oh, it's heavy, it's buddy. It looks to me like it's already beaten the white. So, <laughs> so, so now so now we just have to see whether uh, the white's going to beat yeah, uh, Chris. Not interested, like I said. Did you, but the end, did you hear about, sorry, just with the reds, did you hear that they've linked red wine to easing the symptoms of COVID? Oh, really? Oh, it clearly oh, hasn't. That's eased, why we're not sick. It clearly hasn't eased the symptoms of obesity, mate, looking at you, but... Oh, sorry, Slim. Keep speaking. Oh, it's super dry over there. You're the first non-Asian I've seen wearing a super dry shirt ever. <laughs> no, you're racist, Come to mate. Sydney, mate. No, I'm not being racist. I'm just saying it's even got Chinese writing underneath Listen, it. Chinese lives matter. 
I was just thinking more about what you asked me. I don't know if there's a figure. I reckon in my head there'll always be a percentage. So if I if when when I won't say if when I'm lucky enough to have millions in the bank, there'll still be a percentage of it that goes to the piss it up against the wall fund. And it's <laughs> it's is that like ninety percent? No, no. So we used to have a when I was just working as a sales agent, and Thomas is a big proponent of this. You've got to celebrate your wins so there was a part of my commission check that was always just for me to piss up against the wall the first one was a tv the second one was my tag um i can't remember what the third one was but there was always a percentage second one wasn't your tag your wife bought your tag for your birthday no no i bought the tag with the first oh, really? time i did a hundred fifty thousand dollar quarter i bought the right, tag but it was your wife buying it for your birthday no no, no. no we went into the shop to buy a fifteen hundred dollar tag and walked out with a little bit more but so um, it was part part of it was your birthday. No, but I think the end, I'm I, just trying to make me, sure his wife gets a bit of credit. This no, dude just takes that. everything. No, man. no, it's it? not, what credit? He's I'm a saying. super dry himself. She's he doesn't anxious, wear super dry. She can't cook. What else yeah. going to say? What was that? If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be sitting here. I'm pretty sure I said that. <laughs> you fucking idiot. Both of you. Oh, I was going to say you're directing it at Both me now. Yeah, no, I thought about oh, that. Both of you. Fire out, man. Man, yeah, you've been. So I don't know. I think if anyway. Can we back because oh. before it runs out of my head, <laughs> they don't stay in there long. These thoughts, we know. There would always be a percentage. If there's ten million dollars in the bank, could you afford to spend a million on a uh, on a gamble? And I, you know, opportunities are always gambles because they're never a sure thing. Probably, but I don't know because I haven't had ten million dollars. Well, I know we know someone who's who's got millions and he gambles all the time. With he'll never whatever. knock back an opportunity and yeah. and do whatever. So, but and that again comes back to your makeup. Maybe. But, but remember, guys, insecurity is very simple. Make sure that you can live with a minimum, that you can be happy with a minimum and always go for a maximum. The, 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 the problem with insecurity is the people who can only live or survive with a maximum mm. and would never bet that maximum for a minimum. But the irony so, of it is I'll never have their maximum because I'll never take the opportunities to get that, to really know what maximum is. Yeah, they may think they're living at maximum, but maybe you do back that horse, all of a sudden your maximum's a little bit more. No? I, think, I think the secret there, the, the, the word there was the, the happiness. It's not about minimum and maximum. It's learning to be happy, not having to want more. Yeah. Not, not just learning to be happy, I, and I know I've caught myself out quite a few times. Just Literally. stop and just be happy and enjoy. Mate, yeah. the government's just doubled job seeker, so I'm going to be able to get by regardless. They've they've <laughs> doubled job seeker seeker before. They did it for Corona. So, uh, like everyone else who's not applying for a job at the moment because they're happy to sit at home, we'll survive. Yeah, right. What's the worst that can happen? Huh? So how how do you see challenges as an opportunity? So what about what happens to people who look at things as opportunity? Do you think they're dreamers? No, they're usually. Oh, I was about to make the same mistake. I thought you made earlier and say usually throw a big banner over everyone. But from what I see, a lot of the time they win. When I said that, Cam, what I was going back is in our in our genetic makeup from the time of man, uh, cavemen, um, we go to the side of. Preserve, preserving our life. That's what I was going at at that initial onset. But we do it two ways. About. We run away or we fight. It, but the majority of the time... The preservation's always there, but it, in, it inflicts two responses in you. What part of the brain is the fight or flight? The lizard, limbic. The, the limbic. So all I was saying is it, yeah. it, I don't know whether... And I'm probably just being too pedantic, but to say that generally everyone's scared, I don't know. Otherwise, there wouldn't be fucking people diving out of planes and people... For every for every safe job there is in the world, there's one where you risk your life, I'd, I'd reckon. So there's people that are hardwired 
or soft-wired predisposed to going one way or the other. But Thomas's question was, what do you see of people who take opportunities? They either end up greatly advancing themselves or they end up where they already were. So it either could, doesn't work and they stay where they are. Could they, could they not then maybe be behind where they were if they took that opportunity? Possibly, yeah, but, but, but what's they, behind? I, I don't know whether they, those guys really gauge themselves by being ahead or behind. And are you really behind because you've had that experience and you've grown from it and you've learned something new? So define behind. Yeah, you, you might have $50 less in the bank or you might have $5,000 less in the bank, but what have you lost by going for that opportunity and it not working? At what point is it okay though? So that, in that event, is it you know, 5000 Is it 50000 No, you're putting behind? a dollar amount on. I think, I mean, well, at what point it's not okay is if it's something you don't want to do or you don't have a particular interest in and you're only doing it for the money, then probably not. Yep. Probably then it's okay to say no. Yeah. But if it's something you would like to do and you've got this something inside just going, I should do this, I should do this, I should do this, and you're still not doing it, then I feel like it's a problem. Then it's your deathbed talk where you go, fuck if only. Well, then in our case, like I don't know, you guys have been around real estate a lot longer. What do you reckon the, the age limit is on starting a real estate career or, or a life limit? No, there's no life limit. Mate. But there's you get to 60, you, you're not. Well, maybe you shouldn't try and do that when you're 60. That's what I'm saying. So how long do you leave it? Going, no, oh, I've if, always but, wanted but if to someone, do But if someone at the age of 50 had a dream, you have to let them do that. Yeah, yeah, I'm interviewing 18-year-olds that say, I've always wanted to be in real estate. <laughs> you for, okay, for what, this week? Right. Yeah. But then I'm interviewing 55 and 60-year-olds who are saying, I've always wanted to be in real estate. And and I sit there and go, awesome, I'm, I'm happy for you. Are you going to be able to walk 15 kilometres a day door knocking? Are you going to be able to do the grind? Are you going to be able to start from the bottom? and work? Cause Yeah, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Me, I, I look at him differently. I'd be going, hold on, that's... It's taken you a long, long, long time to walk towards your dreams. <laughs> right? Hopefully, it doesn't take you that long to walk from door to door. <laughs> no, but you know, you know. So what? what because the start, or real estate careers are grind, but the start especially. So there is a time where you go, don't wake up in twenty years' time and still want to do real estate, so you can tick it off your deathbed list because you aren't going to be able to do it to anything that's going to satisfy you on your deathbed. You're still going to sit there and go, I wish I'd done it earlier. That's what I meant. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen anyone start late, so I'd, but that's because I haven't been around long so enough what, myself. What, so what, what for you is start late? 40s, 50s? Well, that's what I don't know. It, I, I think someone who's been in a career for 30 years, they're 50 years old, they've built themselves up, and they're leaving, a, been a manager and they've been a this and that. I think it's a big call, but 50 is still young. Yeah. So 60, I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. That's why I asked you guys the question. I sit there and go, when I'm interviewing, I go, okay, I'm 38, you're 55. Uh, one, are you going to be able to come and work for someone who's 20 years younger than you? Two, we know the grind of the start of a real estate career. Are you really going to be able to start from the bottom? Like, really? Yeah. And then understanding what the bottom is. We, we interviewed a guy once and I asked him all those questions and he was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was going to come in for an opportunity day because he'd convinced us. And then he rang up and said, oh, I'm not coming in. I, I rang a few other officers to see if that's actually what you have to do. And it is, so I'm not... <laughs> I'm not and you could tell he had this air about him where it's like I don't think you're going to be able to not, it's, it's not lower yourself in a, but it is in a sense of title and a sense of everything else are you going to be able to start, at the start from the bottom Yeah, and the bottom's a horrible word at the beginning go back yeah. to the start because at, at 50 years old you've probably been working for 32 years since you were 18 some people since they were 10 years old Yeah, 
you've got everything you've gotten in life by working bloody hard for it to start again, man. Oh, big call. Yeah. Big call. Well, I, I don't know if someone can come in at that age into real estate at 50, 55, 60, 65. I've never had anyone fresh into real estate in our office at that age. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't know the answer to that. No, fresh at that age, it's like everything. I mean, you probably won't have a plumber fresh at the age of 60 either. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not saying... Maybe we should not really have a look at age. I, I think if they were, what I'm saying if, is if they were working for as a salesperson and they decided at the age of fifty five that we're going to do their own thing, that's a different thing. Then I would say there is no age. It sometimes it takes some people fifty five years to unchain themselves from those lack of belief, the beliefs that you know they're not worth it, that they, they can't do it, that they're not worthy of it. So it, it depends on how long it takes them to remove the chains of their life to start flying free. I guess the point I was trying to make is don't leave it too long. No, it's up to them. It, it's what it takes for them. Like I our, just mate, our mate was 45, the one we sat with. Yeah. How much longer is he going to go being a sales manager for a struggling company? Well, I, I think that, he, that that mate of yours probably may have been institutionalised, meaning he's been in an, an office over five years, so between five and ten, they start to develop root system, and that root system is now stopping them from moving forward. And it happens in a lot of institutions, mate, where people just work and they forget the amount of time they work, and it becomes the new normal for their life. And they forgetting their potential, and they starting to believe in the last ten years of their life, and determine that as their life in business. Because somewhere I'm trying to grow is the empathy for people who are like that, because I'm not. I'll just go, just fucking do it. What's the, what's the worst that's going to happen? Look at all this. Look what we could do. Just fucking do it. And I, when people go, oh, no, no, this and this and this, and my instant reaction is, ah, yeah. And I don't no. want to I don't want to do that, but part of me goes, well, you don't want to hang around people who are who are too scared to take a leap sometimes either, you know. You but then you stuffed up like uh, Wisebury, one of Wisebury 15 life, of life qualities, where empathy, empathy. is a must yeah, you have to have. Yeah. I've got empathy to a lot of situations. Someone sitting there going, I want you this in my life, I want this in my life, I want this in my life, I don't like this in my life, I don't like this in my life, but I'm not going to change to get that and get rid of that. That My you know, empathy what, what, runs maybe, out. Maybe, no, me, I would look at it as them crying for help and saying, mm. Cam, whatever you've been saying to me so far has not been enough to persuade no, me. Well, Tell me something else. Yeah, I'm shit out of ideas. So, so your empathy should really be thinking of, all right, that's what they're crying for. They're crying for that one nail that's going to seal it. Mm. Instead of you sitting there and judging them by the fact that, you know, I've given you so many opportunities, maybe you should go, I have not given you enough arguments for you to make that urge. I'm not winning the listing. Yeah. yeah. That's where empathy comes in. Is it an empathetic thing or a, <coughs> a skill thing and an experience thing? No, no, no. Because it's, it's I, I, it's I think I asked you the other day. I, you I, did, you did. And you were saying I, that I, you were laxing. You felt it was your fault that you couldn't impart that knowledge in sort oh, of... I rang him the other day because I want him to have a lunch with another one of my, one of the blokes we spoke about earlier who I'm trying to get to sort his life out. And I just said, I made it at this point it's above my pay grade because yeah. I've shown him, he's, he's doubted me on figures, I've shown him the figures, he's... He told me I was going to be broke. He's seen what I've been able to do. He's told me how badly his bosses have treated their whole him and his whole stuff. Like I've done everything in my I know how to do, and yeah. the, and and that's why I ring him and go, mate. What's the? Yeah. Uh, some things Next are going to be above your pay grade, and it's, I don't think it's a lack of empathy. I just go. I, I don't know what else to show you, mate. I don't know what else I can tell you. You've, you've seen it. 
it's the same thing I've done since I started in this industry. All I've ever known is doing it. Yep. I don't know. I was never going to, never the best trainer, never the best anything. But at the very least, with me, what you get is someone who's doing it. it all, when all else fails, when I'm trying to talk to these guys and and help with their insecurities, I'm like, at the very least, you've watched me do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. So boys, let, let's talk more about this opportunity. So who would see, like, you know, opportunities because. It's not a normal thing to look at things as an opportunity all the time. You have to be in a mindset of looking for more to begin with, don't you? Otherwise, you won't see them yeah, when they come true. up. That's true. There's, there's, and then there's a lot of opportunities where, at the moment, well, all the time, there is a lot of opportunities out I there. I don't know if there's any. Like it, it, we're getting a bit past that now where I think the uh, generation of nine-to-five job, work hard, pay off your bills, stay at the same factory for 50 years. I think that's – I haven't heard that thrown out there for – a long time now, so that might be gone. But that was the still, baby boomers, right? There, mm-hmm. There's still that sort of. Uh, there is still a lot of get a solid job, pay off your house. If you are get a solid job, pay off your house, you are not going to see any opportunity. Wouldn't matter if it walked up and smacked no, you in the it head. Never. It, it it could punch you in the face 14 times, and you still won't know what hit you. So, I guess it, it's going to have to start with wanting more, um, understanding that there is more, um, not being happy with. I think there's difference between not being happy yeah, and yeah. and wanting to improve your life. Just because I want to go out and get more doesn't mean I can't stay where I am either and be happy. Yeah. And I think sometimes people are oh just be happy with what you've got and be grateful and all that. I think sometimes people interpret that as you can't want more, you you shouldn't want more, you 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 shouldn't look for more. And if you're in that mindset where I've got a job, I've got a house, I've got my kids, life's good. I'll see you in 40 years and see if you're still stoked. Oh, well, have to look at things that are as opportunities. So this is for your son, one of my favourite boy, Isaac. So this is the opportunity for you, son. You have to buy yourself your first home because it's it gives you opportunity. Once you have your first home, it's going to go up in equity. Use that equity to buy two because when two go up in equity, you can buy four without putting one cent of deposit. Then four becomes eight. That, and, and all you have to do is work as hard as you can to make sure repayment can happen because and, and the tenant will help you. Dad's and not then, buying for it, son. And then, <laughs> and then suddenly life becomes opportunity. I so without, so sorry just to stop you there because without it's just for Isaac, by the way. Yeah, we're going to get off topic just a little bit. I'm of the belief that your first house and your second house and even your third house shouldn't be the house you're going to live in. You're talking about buying an investment property. I'm talking about buying any property. Anything. Because yeah. I, you know, I sell houses every day to people who are spending 900000 on their very first home. Their chances of buying an investment property in the near future are slim to none. Now, there's a school of thought that says buy positively geared investment properties until it can pay for the house that you're going oh, to live in. getting into negative gearing? Yeah, so there's a, yeah, versus positive gearing. I know we're getting off, but if you're going to give my son advice, I want it to be clear because I believe... <laughs> I have given him an advice that he used... And he floored a two hundred pound dude <laughs> to the ground in half a second. I'm correct. Least, I'm at least two hundred and eighty pounds. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I bought my house is because it came with two hundred and fifty grand worth of equity already built into it. I was buying it off my parents. So I was able to buy it cheap. Yeah. Apart from that, we're about to go and buy two houses in Taree yeah. that were going to be positively geared and hopefully eventually get enough money from positively geared properties to buy something. Yeah, I get it. But you also you don't like it. No, so like it, it depends what so, you want. If you so want, so you just have to. To be able to tell your children the same, and they should be doing the same. 
Do you know some of the people that I've trained here when they were 17 today are just 32 and, and own 20 houses? Yeah. Will not shout your beer, but own 20 houses, Kurt. Sorry, mate. I, just, I choked on something. I He's didn't say shit. <laughs> He's bought me a beer, so I don't know what your problem is. But, uh. he, obviously, he likes, you, he likes you and not he him. He a problem. Oh, he didn't get an invite to the uh, party either, so it's all right. So sorry, I didn't mean to stop you. Keep, <laughs> keep advising Isaac, but I just want to, because we're getting into a subject that interests me, because I'm getting ready to go again. I'm, I'm so first of all, opportunity is the same thing. You have to see it because you belong to a group of people who talk that way. You have to be open to it. You won't always see it, but if you're not open to it, it, it will never present itself. I grew up in a house where it was work hard, pay off your house. My parents are the hardest workers that I know. Yeah. Because of probably the way they were brought up or the mentality of the time, they don't own... 20 houses, and they're still, work, and they they're work still working. Because they work hard to pay. Yeah. Because they work hard to pay the first house. Yeah. and the, Which is a stupid option. Yeah. And I, I see, I still see it now. I've got mates who oh, I bought my first house, and I'm just paying off my mortgage, and I'm like, do interest only. Nah, I'm paying it off. I'm paying it off. Don't pay off your house. Paying it off. I'm paying it off. We've paid off our house. We're going to get a good loan. Oh, the bank will only lend us 300 grand because you paid off your fucking house. <laughs> you know, so there's there's breaking free from the past, but at least they're open to opportunity to buy the house in the first place. They saw that as an opportunity. Well, when it comes to final financial education, a lot of people aren't. There are a lot of books and a lot of avenues they can go down to get that financial education, uh, whether it be Robert Kiyosaki's books or whatever. But finding that opportunity, I think you said before, Cam, that if people aren't happy, I think we've got to be happy in what we have and then to search to make more of what we have. You don't have to be happy in what you have. I think you have to be, not content, but you have to be happy. You ha- happiness no. is an idea now; it's not an idea later. Well, I think a lot of great people have come from absolutely nothing, and the reason they came from absolutely nothing is because they didn't want to have absolutely nothing. You don't hear people go, oh, "I was poor and I was living in the ghetto, and my mama was feeding eighteen babies, and I was happy." But uh, also because you I was hear happy, a lot of I rich became people that aren't happy, like uh, Steve Jobs. No, I'm not saying you have died, to be rich mate. to be happy. I'm saying you but don't saying- have to be happy to look for opportunities. No, I'm not saying you have to be happy to look for opportunities. You just did. No, what I'm saying is be happy with what you have. Be content with, not content, sorry, be happy and enjoy what you have, but strive for more. Yeah. But I think if people aren't striving for more, they need to be happy with what they have. Yeah. And it's a choice. It's not a a destination. Happiness is a choice, a choice you make now. Mm. It's okay to want more. It's That's okay. what I'm saying. Not to be, don't be content. Absolutely, don't be content with what you want, wanting more. But you need to be happy to, with what you have. It's an old lie. It's a, Shit, you guys are becoming philosophical. Maybe that's because <laughs> the third bottle oh, is third about bottle. to come. Third bottle. Yep, it's getting philosophical. Lambert's right? Lambert's estate. It's from the Barossa Valley. This is a, a temperilla, a temperanillo. It's a, <laughs> actually a Spanish grape. Yeah. And uh, do you know that is the oldest grape in the world? Oh, there you go. Yep. I didn't know that. Like so prostitution's the oldest profession. <laughs> it's the prostitutes of red wine. There you go. And look what's on the label. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Very good. Oh, is that the Wisebury couch? It is the Wisebury couch. Um, so this is actually one of 11,888 bottles. It's a 2012, and it's called Attempt to Me. And it's a, the picture on the bottle is a, is a lady on a couch <laughs> lying sideways. So, Why that number 11,000? Why 11,888? I don't know. They ran out of grapes. Come on, let's serve it, boys. I, was, I thought you were going to impart some wisdom then. You, had, you knew a secret. No, I'm asking you, mate. No, Your wine, mate. He's, he's imparting it, it on Google. Have we tried it? Looks like the white lost again. 
Oh, nice. Jeez, the bouquet is nice. Had the bouquet. Maybe I should lift that at home. Oh, wow. Okay, okay, okay. That's good. Hard wine to pick today. We met yeah. a few people. Opportunity-wise on the weekend. Spencer, he'd come from Canada. I really like it. Zara had come from... She'd studied about five uni degrees, hadn't finished any of them, and found a calling as a... uh, Can you blame her? This girl is grabbing opportunities after opportunities after... We're talking about it, and she's one of those that's grabbing opportunities one after another. Yeah, no, I'm not blaming her. I'm saying we met some of those people on the weekend. No, I know, but on the outside, some people would have gone, oh, shit, she didn't even... What are you doing? She didn't even finish one. Should you finish a degree and then say no to it and walk away from it and, and say, oh, I completed it? If you have figured out or something in your heart is not clicking with it and you walk away f- faster than having to finish it, I mean, is, which one is better? It's coming from a man who walked away from medicine. Med- medicine, two years. Yeah, me I too. Couldn't, I, I couldn't stand blood, man. I couldn't stand <laughs> blood. I want to work on people without syringes and one day it's going to happen, then I'll go back. In taking all those advantages, people, especially I would say this Zara that you're speaking to is quite young. No, no, Zara is the waitress in the Hunter Valley who works for Morgan. She would have been quite young. Oh, yes, yes, yes. She's probably 25, 26. So it it might take her a few years to find her feet and what she actually wants to do. I think she's found it. She found it. She's now running the weddings and the functions. So functions coordinator and she's she's loving it. Very, very good, mate. There you go. Very, very good. Offered her a job. No, good. Spencer, he'd come from Canada. Yeah. Initially, he said, oh, I'm doing my first dalliance into wines, but he'd been there four years. His first what? A dalliance. Dally, the first, uh, you wouldn't know because you don't take any risk. His first uh, interaction <laughs> with, <laughs> his first dipping the toe in the water hey, with He wine. couldn't give a shit Did about he? what he just said. <laughs> what he put in the brackets. And he, and, he, and he said that with a straight face too. He did. No, you did, not yeah, he. So, oh so God. what is it that you have about against him, man? I don't have anything against oh, okay. him. Okay, I'd love having the same conversation for three years and it going nowhere. What's that but conversation, Ken? The conversation about where you'd really like to do your own thing, but you won't do your own thing. But he's content. Is he? This is a bit. Odd. This is a bit where my empathy runs Listen, out. Listen, everyone's got a dream. I mean, yeah. I, I love to be president of America and kick the shit out of Donald Trump, but. <laughs> I, I'm not born in America. Yeah. I wasn't using Chris as any examples before, but where we talked about my empathy and that's where I struggle. My empathy runs out after having the same with my other mate, it's five years. So if you're going to complain for five years, and I don't say you as in you, or if you as in the person, he's going to complain for five years about the same thing and not do anything about it when the opportunity has been rammed down your throat a hundred times, yeah. I, I, know, I can't help you. Even to the point where my mate who now looks like he might do something with us, he tried to talk to me about it the other day. I said, mate, I don't want to talk about it. I just want to have a beer with you because the conversation is going to go nowhere. You're not going to do it. I'm done talking about the same thing. Let's just have a beer because you can't keep having the conversation. So it's it's not having anything against Chris. It's just we've had a, a same conversation multiple times over many years. That's the topic we're on today. That's no, but but I think it's it's also a very good topic. I didn't know we were going to go there, but it's a very good one to have because what do you do? Do you push a, a guy who was having a dream to do it, but he's just entertaining it and he's just content with his life because he's found nirvana? Yeah, no, you don't push it. What, what, what do you do? That's a jealousy, like not a jealousy thing. That's a I'm jealous. If if someone's content and found nirvana, stay there, bro. Stay there. But you're not content and found nirvana if you're complaining every five seconds about your nirvana. Yeah. 
right? That's the point. I understand. Got no, if, if someone's got no complaints in the world and nothing they'd change, completely happy. Let's sit there and have a beer. But if you're going to talk about it, complain about it, let it upset you, let it stress you, let it disappoint you, then change it or we can't keep having the same conversation for five years. That's yep. that's, that's my point. Yeah. And that's anyone who says they're content but then does the other, complains about it, whinges about it, carries on about it, isn't content, and then there's only so much you can do. And that's where I said to you the other day, it's above my pay grade now because I can't do – in a cold black and white sense, I've shown the figures. In a mate, let me help you sense, I've, I've done that. I've, I've done everything I know how to do. Yep. So in the end it's – Shut up, mate. I just want to have a beer because you're not going to do it. We've been talking about the same thing and that, that might be Is cold. your mate in real estate? No, he's the number one sales person for a major car company okay. in Australia. Okay. Gets yeah. paid but fuck hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You have lost a very big battle in the wine contest. Wine, fuck off. No, 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 no. no. I'm, <laughs> hey, hey, I'm talking about something serious here. Yeah, I can and tell. And the only reason you lost was that you opened the bottle. 20 years too soon. 20 years too soon. Yeah. Okay, so if you lost 20 years too soon, could it be that you tried on your friend 20 years too soon? Yeah. Then why would you be impatient? The mistake is no, yours. No, 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 no. no. The it mistake should not be on him. The mistake is yours. You have tried... To convince him 20 years too early. No. We need to wait until he's 59 before no. he starts. I didn't go and buy that bottle of wine when we're talking about my mate. The bottle of wine keeps turning up on my doorstep and asking to be opened and then at the last minute says, don't As we're sitting it. here, the bottle of wine keeps on popping <laughs> up in your mind. <laughs> no, so here's the thing. For at least, well, for four of the five years, I haven't started that conversation because I get sick of having the same conversation, yeah. as it, I've just said. So I don't push it. And I don't, when I, I, I started again no, the other day. No, but you're day, frustrated. Yeah, because he came to me the other day in front of his work and told me what they did to him during COVID. I was standing in the middle of his showroom when he told me what they'd done. They fucking cut all their staff to three days a week pay, but said to them, if you don't work your full roster, you'll be first sacked. They didn't put them on the meaningful roster like you, yeah. like Rita did. Yeah. If, you, if you're on the meaningful roster, they said, you'll be first fucking gone if you don't work an 11-hour fortnight instead of the three days we're going to pay for you. Right? And I stood there in the middle of his showroom and I said, good on you, mate. Stay here working for these people because you've earned it. Yeah. You know? And he's, he, he is someone who he knows the door's always open. Yeah. I'd be mad not to. He's the number one at what he does in the country. Let him be poor. He wants to be poor. I'm not, I'm not trying to drag Listen, him. Listen, mate, there's some people enjoying poverty and talking to I'm rich guys. I'm not trying guys. to drag him. Hey? Not, trying to, not trying to drag him. When was the last time I told no, you but you should why are you office? why are you frustrated? Because we're talking about the difference between insecurity and opportunity. and, and or, how are, or, or are you frustrated because he's really your, one of your best mates and you want the best for his life, you want the best for him, and he can't see it? Yeah, I think Cam can see the potential in this guy. Yeah. He, can't, he can't see it himself. Yeah, but it doesn't keep – you're talking like it keeps me up at night. It doesn't because whatever will be, will be. And the, the reason whatever you, will be will be. You you that ask talks me. like you are a freaking uh, 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 the man who is in, instigate the best in life for people. I can't drag someone kicking and screaming. No, you so can't open a bottle before it's due. So I've stopped. I, I stopped trying to open that bottle four years ago. But right. you're frustrated. 
We're talking so you're the guy, no, that, we're, we're you're the guy that can't open it for 20 years, but every single day you go, I wish I could open it today. Oh, I okay. wish I could open it today. We're, we're having a conversation. We've just spoken for an hour about the insecurity versus opportunity and why people choose certain paths. I've already said this guy's above my fucking pay grade because I can't work it out. Not being able to work it out and understand the logic is frustrating. But it's not for him and it's not for him. It's for for... Just life Just in, in general. general. What, and what? Thomas, you said a saying a while ago. There's an old saying that says, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. But then you added, what happens if the horse wasn't thirsty in the first place? Yeah, ask it first. That's, Is it that's perfect. And, we've, we've and that's talk- probably where you're at. And you said, Cam, and I can say that you, you just bring up the fact that this guy, I can you can see, see his wine, potential. The wine's ready now. His potential's there. That bottle, the of, that bottle of wine is ready to be opened. But he doesn't want his cork popped. It's it's close. It's just a bit of a crusty cork. It's like it's been in your garage for twenty fucking years. Oh fuck off! But yeah, it's not. I, a, I have to say, it's not. Do a you know, f- I still remember that Christmas party at your place. <laughs> it was the nicest thing, mate. We kept on shooting those bottles down. I mean, it's personally. How did you feel? Because you never no, spoke no, you about know, it. You know what I, I'll tell you? You know what I'm surprised with Cameron is that he was invited Cameron. to my place to start yeah. with. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't been reciprocated. Number one. It is true. Because he knew you would be coming with bottles that would His be His beautiful off. wife bought us a beautiful <laughs> orchid. Um, Cameron showed up empty-handed, but anyway. Oh, but I've done that um, before, mate. No worries. Um, forget all the food and the beautiful food I cooked and the fish and the meats and... The, the salads and all that. Forget it. He worries about the two bottles that I had been keeping for a special occasion. They just happened to be open after they were supposed to be opened. But he keeps regurgitating that. It's because I'm an alcoholic. It's because you got fucking no empathy, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Is it no empathy? Is it no empathy? Really? No, mate. He's competitive, man. <laughs> oh, rubbish. <laughs> this dude will say anything, even dump, the, even dump anyone he knows oh. with lies because they secret lies. Right, just to win a point, mate. This dude would do Here anything. Simple question. Yeah, Cameron, do you like this red? Yes. Come from my garage, mate. Yeah. <laughs> simple question, and I wasn't going to tell anyone until hey, you Chris, fucking said that. Simple question: Were the wines you dished up at your place that time rubbish? Two of them, yes. Were some of the chardonnay? Not this one. Were some of the chardonnays piss brown? There's no question. Yes, yes. I, I, so I that's wasn't all. arguing, but to regurgitate the same shit and chew it again and then again and then, the joke is old, man. You got to get some I'm new pretty material. Sure he brought it you up know up where you there. get some new material? Well, it's much like if your you complaints. Me to your for, house. Much, oh, much oh, like on, that hasn't happened. Yet. Much Sorry, like your complaints for the last three years. I'm saying, get when some fucking new material. Because you? yeah, you've finally when heard. You finally. When was the last time? That's true. When when were you? It's been two years ago, mate. Since the last time. What do you mean? Right, that's where the frustration comes from, mate. When, not because no, it's I true, can't. But it's true now. You haven't invited him at your, to I your did. place. No, we had. We a call each other's mate. But when was the last? Everyone. Time? Sorry, Listen, I keep inviting all of you to my place, invi- mate. You guys have been more to my place. That there's freaking tickets on everyone the train. Everyone was invited. <laughs> so the first COVID lockdown shut down our party. Remember, we were all coming. You cancelled that. You better cancel. You better cancel. I'm not cancelling. You better cancel. I'm not cancelling. You better cancel. I'm not cancelling. I cancel. See, cancelled it. <laughs> I knew he was gonna do that. That's how that fucking conversation went for a week. So that one. The frustration comes Listen, because the complaints keep coming. So with my Listen, mate, I've got, I still have free tickets to South Sydney. Uh, there's a race. I think it's the Everest uh, this weekend in Randwick. Race I still have tickets, but I'm not going. I, I, I uh, a few days ago we had to cancel. Mate, with what's happening here, I am not going to contribute to a percentage rise in mask wearing. 
It's all right, mate. Souths aren't going that well, so we've we've wasted our sponsorship dollars there. No, we have not wasted. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think we have. Sure, sponsored Manly. They're going it's better. Oh, football this season altogether is a bit of a strange. It's one. a bit of anyway. a joke. Anyway, if uh, I would never sponsor a bunch of uh, whatever. Okay, you no did. <coughs> no, I didn't. You did. No. I don't hold the checkbook, so I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> 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 that mate, it paid for. I still paid for itself. I got five minutes with Wayne Bennett. That was so enough. for the moment, here's the thing: out of the three of us, Cameron always looks at opportunities in things. I have learned to look at opportunities, even though my makeup drives me to always look as insecurity first. You seem to have more insecurity than the two of us. Absolutely, three, yeah. no question. So, may I ask you? This last year, because we, we've been doing it for a year, has your insecurity moved up a little bit, uh, one notch or not? It's decreased rather than increased. Hold on. So your insecurity has decreased? Decreased. Yeah, your insecurity has decreased. Decreased. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. So yeah. what it shows is Because I know my wine is better than Cameron's, but anyway, so. <laughs> oh, look, well, you've got nothing to say now. I'm looking at that shirt that's struggling to survive under the pressure that I'm sorry, is Slim. coming from Keep within, speaking. mate. But. Uh, Kettle, black. He was trying to, don't change the subject. Right. So here's his insecurity because you've asked him a serious question. No, no, it's just what I'm bringing back to you. No, no, but now that you're but you know, about my shirts, my can, can, you, can you picture the Michelin man? <laughs> you've right? got two of them. Right. Can, you, can you picture the Michelin <laughs> man in a radical scar? <laughs> <laughs> right? Can you now, then, then can you that picture. That fucker was never going to flip over, bro. Can I you, had that now. Can, <laughs> can you picture the Michelin man with his elbow? In in the in the lung of his instructor. <laughs> All I've got in my head, I don't know if you've seen the movie, The Nutty Professor, yeah. when Eddie Murphy turns fat inside the Dodge Charger, the Viper, so Dodge Viper. I don't remember the scene, but I've seen the movie. <laughs> and he's stuck, and they actually had to get the jaws of life to cut him out of the car. Yeah, that's what I'm picturing. How about fuck you? <laughs> Flowers and dinner first. <laughs> no, I have to say we back were to Mr. Insecure over so, here. So yes, no, my insecurity has decreased. And bringing it back to a, how do you a know? Conversation how do you that, know? Um, I'm interested. I'm yeah, legitimate no, no, question. That's good. I probably toyed with the idea a lot more than I have previously, and done more about it than I have previously. Oh, that's nice. So it looks like association. Has helped. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Fucking. Do you bash say that association <laughs> is the thing, or was there other thing in 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 play? No, it wouldn't be only association because I mean I've been privy to conversations where I think, well, fuck, I don't want to be in that position. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but by the same token, uh, there's other parts of it that I think I can do. What's your biggest well. block for um, you? So losing what I have. Okay. And and for who I have it for. Okay. And the. That's why the question Thomas asked me that was so hard-hitting was, if there was no one else involved in the decision, what would the decision be? And it was, it's, it's, it's an easy answer, a very, very easy answer. It's not even I have to think about it, easy answer. But because there's others in play. So um, let's break and, it down now. Are you, are you, so make, might, are you making a million dollars? Definitely not. Okay. No, definitely not. But we've got a nice little nest egg behind but us. First, he has to go to work, man. But properties, uh, we've got uh, you know, we've got some things behind us that you know, tr trying to set up the kids and ourselves for our future. Um, and I'm probably doing exactly what my dad did when he came from nothing when he came to Australia. So I'm doing that same. So how much are you expecting it to cost you? What do you mean by that? I don't understand. Well, you're saying you've got to, a nest set, egg behind you, which you're saying you're, you're risk losing your nest egg. So how much... No, when I say nest think, egg, I'm talking about like 
investments and so forth. Yeah, but, so how um, much are you thinking? That, what What are you thinking you're going to have to spend to do something? Okay, how much money do I have to I have to open in my own business? Yes. Without a uh, rent roll behind me? Yeah. $100,000 for the first 12 months minimum. Why? That's You asked me. I don't know why. That's the figures that I come to mind. Oh, uh, so let's go with 100000 It's not, but let's go with 100000 Yeah. If you lose $100,000, yeah. is your nest egg all your investments and your kids in harm? Uh, no. And I know the logic behind it. No. 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 So that's And what then I'm it asking. comes down to... So what was that answer again? Yeah. No, 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 no. They're not. No. They're not. So if you uh, lose a hundred thousand dollars, you're still okay. Think things would have to change. No, things. but 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 you have to understand this. I, I know Chris. We, we've been mates for quite a so while. So I'm trying and, to break it down. His problem is not that. His problem is the guilt that he has lost a hundred thousand dollars to yeah. the the family inheritance and the the piggy bank that hurts him. Okay, so your own guilt. As you know, would your, I've, I've would had your a wife hold before. it against you? No, definitely not. She, she supports me. She goes, right. just go and open it. If you want to open it, go and open a business. Right. She, so she's outrightly so said So the to guilt me, is your own? And you used the word about Crystal before was effaced? No, she's a saint. A, a saint. No, you, uh, <laughs> no, there's a word that someone, a, a wife that will back you 100%. Uh, she's 100% behind me, and so are the kids. So it's your own guilt? Absolutely. It's right. me stopping me. No, oh, that's there's right. no I'm, question. I'm not, yeah, yeah. not even having a shot at you. No, here. no, I'm, I'm trying I'm, to break it down. Mate, I've had more probably self-talk and self-analysis of why I haven't and why I don't or why would I, why would I um, in the last 18 months than I probably ever have. And Ca- this is probably Carry on open for 25 green. Whether that's information that should be shared on here or not, I don't know. But yeah, anyone yeah. who's thinking about doing it who thinks they need fucking $5 million behind Yeah, them, yeah, yeah. Carry on open for twenty five grand was profitable within three months. Uh, however, the twenty five grand physically can translate into twenty five million in someone's head. Yes, yeah, that's sort of bit, this is where the sum. So, hundred grand is wrong because that that tells you you got to pay yourself hundred grand for the year and not sell a house. No, that's, right? that's not. Yeah, okay, but that's right. not the mathematics in my head. But okay, but yeah, yeah, right. So one, your figures are wrong, feeding you that story, which is blowing the story up way bigger than it has to be. Yeah. You've got guilt for doing the wrong thing by your family, even though your family's saying go for it. So yeah. that doesn't compute. Yeah. So your one plus one is equaling four hundred and seventy-five point <laughs> three. I'll get you instead of two. So yeah. this is and, I, and this and is, it comes back also. This to is why we're having this podcast to analyze this because no, 100%, I, mate. I don't the, get it. And you know, it's easy to sit here and say Wayne Dwyer said. Looking at your future is like watching the wake. No, I'm not pulling out any. No, I'm, I'm pulling it out, and I'll explain to you why in a minute. How you said before, look at your wake, the boat. The wake behind the boat, right, is nothing else but the past, right. We must look forward. In the past, the I've had a business that put us in the hole by almost a hundred thousand dollars, and I still am upset with myself that I didn't that I did that. I know my wife doesn't have any angst about that. I know for a fact, and but that doesn't mean I've I've sort of forgiven myself for so that. So don't spread out the figures here, but think about how much you would have to suck. Given your current position, to put yourself a hundred grand in the hole, because in the hole is being a hundred grand, not losing a hundred grand. It's being a hundred grand yeah. in debt. Yeah. That's that's a hundred grand in the red. Yeah. So yeah. without giving away, think about it like that, mate. Yeah. To put yourself in that position, and then, and then it comes. How much back would you have to suck at real estate? Yeah. <laughs> and then Seriously. it comes back to our your own self belief. And then it comes. Well, back how much to your do you suck at real estate? Oh, well, I, I don't believe I do. I don't believe I do suck. Well, you at do real because you're thinking you're going to end up a hundred grand in the hole, which means losing a way more than a hundred grand. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you, mate. I'm with you. You're not and with it, me. I know. I understand you know. what you're saying is what I'm getting at, mate. But it, it's you know, we're built differently, Cam. 
I'm and, not down. No, and you know, for, for myself, those those thoughts in my head are analysed differently. So, how many people are missing great opportunities out there? How many people out there are missing great opportunities because one, the wrong maths, right? On a very basic level, the figures are wrong. The guy we sat with had his figures all wrong. Too. Well, no, actually, he had them right. He told me what it would probably cost to run a couple of offices. He was pretty close. But you're saying 100 grand, which is miles off. Percentage terms, you're 80% off, right? How many people, one, start with the wrong facts and figures in their head, which then leads to the horrible story, and then if you have any inkling of self-doubt or any anxiety, of course you're not going to fucking do it because your maths is wrong to start with. So maybe the first part of it is, I mean, one, you have to be open to an opportunity, but if you are open to an opportunity, look at things as they are, not worse than they are. Yeah. Yeah, do, look at and the make actual figures. No, yeah. well, look at the actual figures. Yeah. I've gone to the degree of, so I've been speaking to people about possibly buying rent rolls and so forth. So I've got people working on finances and just in my mind, working things in, from behind the scenes forward. Is my maths wrong? And, and can I do it better? Absolutely. But I think the first and foremost, my hurdle is my own self belief. And no, I don't believe I suck in real estate. I don't. Can, and, it, and it's sort of a, an oxymoron when I sit here and say, no, I don't believe I suck at real estate, but can I do it if I open my own? It's sort of, well, how does that work? You ring up, you ask someone if they're selling, you go out no, and list the house. It doesn't, it, mate, well, it doesn't change. I'm, I'm going to the back of the simple factor, mate. And that's, that's the sort of way, that's what goes through my head. Yeah, but that, yeah. Well, there's not even a but. Yes, I get it. But you, you, one plus one is still not equaling two. Yeah. What happens if you have a, a door with your name on it? You have a door with your name on it. Yeah. And you ring up and go, are you selling? Yes, can I come out? And you, you know, you win. You, I don't, that's where, and you're right, why different? And I was going to say before, if everyone was looking for an opportunity, the world wouldn't work. Because there are meant to be there's employees in and they're that. meant to be employers. There's oh. entrepreneurs and there's the grinders. that. Go a little bit. De- I'll go a little bit deeper, and this is where Kim I'll get a little bit caught up as well. I'll tell you, and I don't know if this is a cop out. And uh, I've had this conversation with Guaranteed Thomas as well. And, and it, may, it may well and truly be, mate. No, no, it may. Well, you started with that. No, no, it may. It may be, but uh, I have a good life. I have a, a fantastic wife. I've great kids, and we've got a comfortable life. I'm happy with what I've got. Am I content? That's the question. Is it is it a contentment that? I have for myself or is it contentment that society puts on me? If it's a contentment that society puts on me, I'll say the outside looking in or people will go, you should be opening your own, you should be opening your own. And I'll go, well, do I want to? And that's probably a question I ask myself more times than I want. Do I want to? I know I can put the work in. I know I can lead people and I know I can sell real estate. Do I want to is the question at the end of the day. Do I want – and then I start second-guessing myself, have I got into a, a habit of comfortability? Do you want to be doing what you're doing now in 30 years' time? I don't want to be doing it in 10 years' time, mate. I would. I want to be leading people. I love leading. So I not, love training. The listing selling So you're not content? Because if you're content, I'm happy to sit here and tread water for the next... Yeah, uh, how old point, are you, Ken. brother? That's a good point. How old are you? Serious yeah. question. <laughs> Serious question. 48? Uh, mid, mid-40s. 48? Yeah, that's mid-40s. That's mid-40s. In the real estate game, we call it mid-to-highs. Mid-40s. Mid-to-high fours. <laughs> 40, uh, 49 this year, 50 next. So you got 25 years and the way the world's going, who knows? So you're happy doing what you're doing for 25 years? No. There's your answer. Yeah. And you just said you're not happy for doing it for the next 10. Ah, but that's not the answer. It is the answer. Cam, <laughs> he gave you It's that simple. Answer. 
the answer is right for the person whose life is in his own hands. If Chris is happy doing what he... He just said no. No, no. He's happy right now. The unhappiness of 25 years may not be the driver for a person whose happiness of right now is the driver. Are you happy doing what, you, are you happy doing what you're doing for the next five years? No, no. Are you Let's happy with time. what you're doing right now? He said yes. No, he didn't. Are you happy with your life right now? Uh, Are you happy doing what you're doing right now? Not with your life, doing what you're doing. Okay, so I'm not happy doing what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm happy with my life. Okay, if he's happy with that, How can he, he, he is a real question. And, and I think that it may deserve another podcast of ours, <laughs> which is, first of all, do you gauge your life by what you're happy doing right now? By what you feel or by what you're thinking about what it should be in 25 years? That's the three options. I yeah. want to. We got another podcast. How can you say you're happy with life but not happy doing what you're doing right now? Because isn't that part of your life? It is. Thank you. I rest my case, Your Honour. <laughs> Fucking I judge Judy. No, no. I you have to ask a question. I, Why I, is he not happy with what he's doing right now? Is it because things are hard? Results aren't the best. Yeah. Here you go. I rest my case, Your Honour. Do you think it could be done a different way? Or yes. probably going down a road we can't do. Do you think you, you've got some ideas you could yes. do yourself? Oh, I rest my case, Your Honour. <laughs> this is fucking... Hold on. Hold on, is he fighting for my case or is he fighting for his case? <laughs> Have you been talking... Oh, when was, boy, what year boy. was Singapore? Have you been talking since Singapore about wanting to do your own thing? My thoughts about it, yes, I have. Thank you. I rest my case, Your Honour. Listen, stop resting your case because <laughs> we, we, we keep on spinning. There are people who talk and contemplate and look at life uh, in terms of what it could be. But if they are happy with what it is, he just said what he's could not. be is shit? He just said he's not. I'm happy in he life, said, but I'm not happy doing what I'm doing. No, then he said he, he's happy with what life is for the moment. What he does is just a job. A job is not who you are. It's not determining the. What I'll tell you what you, you do for ten hours a day, or in Chris's case, four. Why do you do what you do? What's your why? Uh, because I want to get myself as quickly as possible to a point where I can work by choice, not out of necessity. Okay. And what's your what's sort of your mission statement? So if someone come to come to your office and I was going to sell, why do you do that, Cam? How can that help me? Because I can help you do the same thing. So you want to work out a choice, not necessity. Yes. I will always work. I'm a worker. Right. We've had this conversation before. The one part, not the one part, but the part of real estate I love the most is negotiating deals. Yeah. I don't care much for Caesar Stone benches and I don't care much for double brick construction and all that stuff. I love doing deals. Yeah. I've found a vehicle that can not only help a lot of people in their life but help me set my family up and get me to a position where... I can work out of choice, not necessity, if I do it right. I used to think that was selling fucking weight loss shakes <laughs> because of the great network marketing spin. Have the life of your dreams, right? All I've wanted, I'm a worker, I will always work, but I hate the fact that I have to fucking do it. Mm -hmm. I hate the fact that if I don't turn up to work tomorrow, a bill's going to go unpaid. I hate it. I don't like that pressure. But under that pressure, I fucking work. Okay, that's, that's why I do what I do. I'd love a big kumbaya story about how I love fucking brick and tile and I just want to help people move. I love helping people move and we've, changed, we've helped a lot of people in their lives and I love that. But 
I don't know what it is, but I want to help even more people in the world. I don't know how to do that, but I know I won't be able to do that until I'm working by choice, not necessity. Yep. Okay. Real estate's a bloody good vehicle for that. Oh, well, boys, I think that uh, on this we've had a bloody good podcast of I don't like you, Chris, and I don't like you, Cameron. <laughs> and neither of <laughs> us like you, Thomas. So. <laughs> and until – listen, let's have a look. Worst wine of the day? Yours. Mine's worst <laughs> no, wine. No, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd say mine. Cam's, I, think Cam, I think Cam's Cam's was it. better? I think Cam's took it. So this week, see, he lost. I told you, some week you win, some week you lost. So congratulations, Chris. You're lost for next week. And until then, see you guys. Brother. <laughs> see you guys. See you later.